0: welcome to another episode of the man in the arena podcast today i have griffin young on the show griffin is a right-handed pitcher for the northeastern huskies he was once a rival he is now a teammate so it's a little weird getting to know him and not hating him
1: yeah we were good rivals back in the day too
0: well you know babson always had your number but yeah i guess i guess you could say it was a fair competition
1: Sorry, who, who won the last game?
0: We're not going to talk about that. We're going to let uh, Griff introduce himself on episode 14. And we're going to go through Griff's high school and summer ball seasons. And then we're going to go through his time at Wheaton and then finally wrap up with the transfer process that he had going to Northeastern and then talk about some things that are not related to baseball. So, Griff, welcome to the show, and you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Jordy. I've been waiting for this for about 13 episodes now. Um, Yeah, I'm Griffin, Griffin Young. I'm from Dover, New Hampshire. I'm a right-handed pitcher. I'm a grad student here at Northeastern. I did go to Wheaton for undergraduate school, which was Babson's rival. And, yeah, I'm just enjoying playing baseball. Yeah, well... I'll
0: add an, an extra note here. We're sitting in room 621 of, I believe it's a it's, one, a, Hyatt. it's a Hyatt Hyatt Hotel. It's a pretty nice room here. We've got a sick podcast set up. we got Pat Harrington sitting in a swivel chair. You can't hear him or see him, but that's all right. He's here in spirit. And then Griff and I are chilling on the couch in the living room space. So it's a good podcast set up, and we're hoping to do multiple podcasts with other teammates, but also Griff before we even went on the show said he wanted to be on another episode so great great to have him but my first question Griff is can you go through we'll we'll skip your youth baseball because I kind of went went in on Vermont (laughs) I kind of went on went in on Vermont youth baseball and explained that and you're from New Hampshire so it's similar but can you go through your high school years and uh you can start wherever you want but just go through high school baseball and what it was like for you in New Hampshire.
1: Yeah. Um I think my story really started when I was around 13. I started playing AAU at that age and I was not good. I was a catcher that was very out of shape and had never worked out in my life. And honestly I wasn't I just wasn't very good. But I really enjoyed the game and was always around and wanting to get better and just play. And there was only there was one AAU coach that was like, I see something in this kid that I really like. And he ended up being my assistant coach at high school too. And he really just kind of like put me on a path to being the best version of myself. So do
0: you think, you mentioned that you were a catcher. That's something I actually didn't know. Do you think that being a catcher helped you in a pitching way because you were calling pitches and seeing how hitters were taking swings. Do you think that being a catcher helped you in the long run now as a pitcher?
1: Yeah, of course. I think the more angles you see the game from, the more in tune with it you're going to be and just the more more thoroughly you're going to know it. So whether that's pitching, catching, playing anywhere else in the field or even hitting, like getting these different perspectives, I think just really – gives you a better knowledge base all around.
0: So going off of broadening your your angles, I wanna talk about you, you talked about athleticism and, and struggling being not being not in shape and, and being you said on athletics. So were there other sports that maybe helped you bring athleticism into your baseball career? I, I have here on the the show notes, Pat Harrington helped me out with them today. He he wrote Uh, basketball legend down so can we can we talk about that a little bit
1: wow well I think I think legend might be a little exaggerated but my freshman year of high school my freshman year of high school I did I was probably better at basketball than I was at baseball just compared to like where I was I was I was on varsity as a freshman and I just had a bigger impact there. And I just kind of – because I was succeeding more, I kind of was, like, slightly putting more effort into it. But at the end, baseball was, like, my true love. And as I got all my work in for basketball, it got me in a much better athletic shape. And then I saw that translating over to baseball, and then I was just having the time of my life. Awesome.
0: So was there a point or when did you start – working out like when was the first time you really got in the weight room and if you didn't then that's fine too but did you see any benefits or see anything weight room related that you think directly correlated to your performance on the field
1: 100 percent. so this can kind of tie back into like my life story through baseball uh my last two years of high school I was pretty successful I had very good seasons I was absolutely like on the college trajectory Like I knew I wanted to play I knew I had the opportunity to play somewhere but it was just kind of like finding the right spot but I wasn't good enough to play division one but I kind of had the ego in my mind that like I wanted to get there to say that I could do it but I was just kind of not at that level yet and I w- was simply told by coach Glavin here, I was sitting in his office and he said, Griff, I really like you, but you just don't throw hard enough to compete at this level right now. And that hurt. But then that motivated me. And I took a year off after high school. I didn't go to college. I just worked. And I got, and I worked out for the first time in my life during that. And I dropped 30 pounds that year, got in better shape. And I showed up to college to Wheaton the next fall. My Velo was up about five miles an hour from that and I by the end of my freshman year I was down 50 pounds from where I was as a senior in high school.
0: That's crazy that's a that's a crazy story I actually have not a similar story but I also was sitting in coach Glavin's office and he asked me you know a really really hard question he said what's your GPA and I had no clue what my GPA was in high school so uh, I didn't answer that question and uh, they stopped recruiting me after that so I'm glad I found my way back here but One thing I actually wrote in the show notes was gap year, question mark, why, question mark, and you kind of answered those questions right there, but one thing I want to touch on before we move on to Wheaton and the transfer process, or sorry, the recruiting process of getting to Wheaton is your arm slot, because for those who don't know, you have a unique arm slot, you know, you have a very beautiful wind up with a couple of hip pumps in there, maybe some hip thrusts, too, every time, well... Well, maybe one here and there just to change the delivery, but when did the arm slot happen? Was that natural to you? Was that taught to you? And how did that special slot
1: come about? Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely unique. It's something that's really just been the accumulation of that entire year off and getting in better shape. I've always been like a flexible kid and Just, like, been able to move, just not, like, fast or particularly well. But as – during my year off, I worked with Carson Cross, who's a pitching coach in the Seacoast area of New Hampshire. He's actually started his own business, and he's doing really well for himself. Um, But I worked with him during that year off, and he taught – he was telling me one thing one day about how he didn't want my elbow to go above my shoulder because he's – it was some sort of, like – it would impinge and it was just basically slowing your arm down. And I was like, all right, yeah, it makes sense to me. So I just, one day, I basically just threw a bullpen like I was playing third base because I used to just sling it over from third base across the diamond. And that was how I thought about it. And I was like, all right, just keep my arm at this level and just let it fly. And I was still at that point, I used to throw straight over the top and then I got it to like a 90 degree angle. And then over the course of three years... The slot has just slowly crept down to where Pat now says is the equator. I kind of dispute that, but it's somewhere around there.
0: Well, before I ask any more questions, just want to say my roommate, Aven Cabral, freshman at Northeastern, walked in. He doesn't want to be on the podcast, but I think he'll eventually come on the podcast. Uh, Anyways, that's just some side notes. But, Griff, I wanted to ask you the process of you getting to Wheaton because I know you took the gap year but what was the process like recruiting wise as far as Wheaton goes and did you have any other schools in mind
1: yeah so they were recruiting me out of high school like after my senior year they had offered me a spot and this was still when I was kind of in between wanting to go to a division one and trying to walk on somewhere or just deciding to play so then when I took the year off I was just working and I didn't have a ton of contact with anyone but one random day I was at work and coach Podbelski at Wheaton just sent me a text it was like hey I just wanted to know like like we're still thinking about you if you decide that you do want to come here after all like we would welcome you with open arms and something just kind of clicked when he did that I was like wow this guy like really cared about me and was like really interested and I think that that's the place i want to go and it'd been a great decision for me.
0: Popalski sent you the you up text.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much his ver- his version of it.
0: <laughs> All right, well once you got to Wheaton, what was your role as a freshman and and what was the change or adjustments that you had to make from high school baseball and having that gap year to now playing college baseball?
1: It honestly wasn't as big as a jump as I thought it was gonna be I mean division three has its ups and downs of competition but at the end of the day I think I was so I was still playing with college guys and I was playing in the futures League in the summer so I had some college ex- like baseball experience sort of say but I mean I showed up as a freshman he basically was like if you perform you'll pitch for me if you throw strikes you'll pitch and yeah I Showed up. I threw strikes, and I was the opening day starter as a freshman. Well, I actually, I didn't know that you were the
0: opening day starter as a fre- as a freshman. I got to Babson. Well, I got to Babson in 2018, and you were was that your freshman year? No, it
1: was the year the year before 2019. Was my first year. 2019
0: was your first year. So, spring, spring of 2019. So I'm trying to think of when we actually wh- when I first saw you pitch was that my sophomore year yes oh so the, spring, yes, yeah, so the spring yeah so this my first spring at Babson was your first spring at Wheaton yes and did you pitch against Babson your freshman year and do you remember how that went I I'm uh, actually not even like I don't know Here, wait, trying to shit talk to you. I'm
1: actually but like curious as I pull this up I will say I, w- I don't want to like get myself too much credit um, my freshman year, I was not supposed to start opening day. Okay. I didn't earn that because I out-dueled all the pitchers that were there. We got snowed out the day before, and I was going to throw live at practice, but th- we got moved that day. okay. And Coach Fudbelski was like, hey, I trust you enough to throw strikes, so just go out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, also at any point during this conversation, if you want to ask me some questions or some come to mind, you can obviously do so. Um Griff and I w- Griff and I don't think <laughs> you can ask about the push up tell, but <laughs> Griff and I uh have never faced each other. I don't think being a Babson and him being at Wheaton, I, I don't think we ever squared off. I would always face his friend Gavin Riley. Never never pitch against Josh Roberge I think but uh yeah I, I uh I just remember losing to Griff my senior year, not at his hands specifically, but to the Wheaton Lions and that was a a tough pill to swallow, but Griff doesn't bring it up too much, so it doesn't hurt too
1: bad. Alright. I got the uh I fact checked this, you ready? Yep. On so you ready for this? <laughs> Me and my former roommate Joshua Burge Yep. S- share a birthday. Okay. April sixth, right? Mm. On April sixth, twenty nineteen. My freshman year, your sophomore year. Griffin Young and Josh Roberts combined to beat Babson Damn. 9-3. to So, I did who face you. Who pitched for Babson, though? Oh, crap. Let me see.
0: That would be one. Probably, I'm guessing it's Gennaro or... No-chi. Noki. Noki? My boy, Noki? I don't, probably not listening to this, but it's all right. Um, as far as you talked a lot about your successes at Wheaton, was there ever any downs at Wheaton was there struggles that came across on the field off the field whatever just struggles
1: absolutely I mean I don't think any formidable competitor has not struggled at some point I've had three different injuries just completely random injuries throughout my career I pulled my ab I got a hernia and i very badly sprained my ankle just in all separate occurrences and performance wise there was some overall there like it was fine but i definitely had starts where i got hit around and the really all it was is as long as i showed up the next day and pitched like i knew i could it was never really an issue but there was there if you look go through there are certain games where it's five, six, seven runs and
0: yeah no I really I really like that that you said as long as you showed up to the next game you were you were fine because a lot of times I think maybe younger players and especially me when I was a freshman thought that I needed to be perfect all the time and I think when we get that out of our heads that we need to be perfect every time and we understand that. There's going to be some bad, but all we can do is show up the next time. I think that that really helps just ease the maybe anxiety or or the, the nerves about having to be perfect every single time, that there's always going to be some games where you're off. And as long as you can, it's not about always being on. It's about when you get punched in the mouth or you're on the ground, can you stand up and, and come back and pitch the next day or... Do whatever you need to do and that's not only in baseball but in life in general.
1: Yeah. And especially on those days when you don't have it, like you're not on, the pitches aren't on. It's as like a pitcher, it's still your responsibility to put your team in a position to win. So even if you don't have your best stuff, like you still have to throw strikes and at least give your team the chance to win. You can't just fold and like stop competing after that.
0: Well, as we're on the topic of, you know, mental training and, and mindset work, when you're on the mound, can you go through your mindset and can you go through what you're thinking out there and what you're trying to execute?
1: Yeah. I, unfortunately, I think it's going to be quite a bit different from you. I'm a very happy-go-lucky person th- in my life. I, it's just how, kind of how I operate. Are you saying I'm not a happy person? I'm a very happy person. <laughs> when it comes to baseball, you, you, you're a little intense. All right, you're, you're committed. That's fine. Yep. I, I just I can't focus. I don't have the same like like laser focus as you do.
0: I think you're giving me credit. I, I get. Uh,
1: I've I watched you, I've watched you op- operate, Jordy. All I, right. I all know. Right. I know how you are, but it's really just. I want to compete. I want to just throw the best pitch I can throw each pitch and if the hitter beats me he beats me but I'm gonna just throw it like I can and just results are gonna come either way just enjoy it if you give up a home run you're like ah dang I let me make the next pitch
0: I think I think we have very similar mindset I think you're you're thinking that I'm this well. You were talking about the mental stone training. cold Stephen Austin guy out there.
1: You were talking about mental training.
0: Yeah, but I like to have fun out there. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do the exact same. Griff is. I know. I talked about my pitching philosophy a little bit, but um, I agree 100% with Griff that when you go out there and you're just focus on the process or focus on what you can do, you're gonna give up hits. You're gonna get hit around, but when you focus on what you can focus on in the task at hand as soon as that pitch leaves your hand you can't do anything about it
1: yeah. right i so. think the one thing that i was saying that i differed on was our mindset as to how we lock in and prepare that was really what i was getting at you're, so you're, sorry for that confusion
0: i think all right when i think griff is talking about which is true but the one time we we had live outside and I went and sat in the corner of the bullpen and went through visualization and did some fire breathing, but that's a new thing for me, but it is, it is working for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep with that. But I think that's what he's talking about.
1: That, but also you do like the dry reps off the mound and you, you do a lot of visualization and like mental training, which I respect beyond belief. And I really wish it was something I could do. I just have never been able to get my mind to kind of buy into that. And I felt like I was using more energy trying to make my mind like it instead of just having like being loose like I normally am.
0: No, that's fair. There's not, like in pitching, not one size fits all. So however you need to get ready and be prepared, that's how you need to get ready and be prepared. So as we're talking about being prepared – Do you have any certain routines or habits that you do on a daily basis to get you ready to throw, especially on a start day? I know that at Northeastern, we don't know if if you're going to start or be in the pen, but do you have any certain routines or habits that you go through?
1: Yeah. Well, one of my habits was that I'd always go to Dunkin' Donuts and get a coffee, but that was more out of necessity.
0: Uh, And a Boston Cream Donut?
1: No blueberry muffin, thank you very much. But our dining hall wasn't open by the time we go, go to the field on start days, so that was all we could do. But I do ha- before I go, I have this certain stretch routine that I've o- I've done since high school, which has served me well to this point. That I like to stick by. That's why I'm doing like those like scorpion folds before I throw and stuff like that. Those it's just, are fire. A fire. Just always something that like it's a routine that's always worked for me, and it's just something I like to stick to. Okay.
0: Well, we'll start to move into the transfer process to Northeastern, unless you want to talk about winning the conference tournament, the New Mac tournament, uh, senior year, and going to the College World Series. If you want, if you want to touch very, very, very briefly on those moments, you can go ahead and do that.
1: I think it's a good learning topic so that people can just experience and chase the joy of winning, especially beating bitter rivals after you've down 1-0 in a best-of-three series. Yeah,
0: trust the plan. (laughs) Trust the plan.
1: But but it does go both ways. My freshman year, you guys knocked us out of the playoffs on our own field, and you went to the World Series, I believe, right?
0: Yeah, I think actually I started that game. Only give up seven runs, but <laughs> but you still got the win. <laughs> yeah, um, so no, I actually do touch on it. So, what was what was the World Series like, and w- just what were your memories and experiences from from that time?
1: Uh, well, I remember the like four day period or whatever it was from when we won the regional. We were down at Trinity College. Probably the most exhilarating feeling of my life. It was a dog pile followed by like a weekend-long celebration. And then it was practice, plane, out to Iowa. And then as soon as we were there, that what you do is you walk out onto the field. I don't know if you did this. We showed up to the field just like in, a, in our gear. They put our logo on the Jumbotron, and they just had us take a picture of it. And we got to like check out the field, and then we walked away.
0: Yeah, that that was exactly like the same thing we did. We had like that first weekend or first day like celebration with all the teams there and we had like a coaches fungo competition and stuff. I don't know if you guys had that. It was pretty it's very sick. Maybe they maybe they didn't do it or they took it away, but now no, we're we're pretty strictly business, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was every team. It wasn't just it wasn't just Babs and we were not out there hitting fungos for fun. But all right, we'll move on to Northeastern. So can you talk about when you started the transfer process and how that went about getting to Northeastern?
1: Yeah, so my senior fall, I was sitting in Coach Pudbelski's office at one point, and he was doing this with all the seniors. He was aware of the situation with COVID. We all had extra eligibility, and a lot of us had aspirations to continue to play in baseball. And he, he was basically just like, I don't care what it is like I know I understand that this is your decision I just want you to like I just want to be honest with you right now do you want to come back for a fifth year here or are you trying to go on to a new school he's like I'm gonna I'm happy and I'll support you either way and I mean I think five of us ended up going to grad school and one went back for a fifth year so yeah but I will give him all the credit in the world he was very, very helpful in getting all of us. He was connecting all of us. He was reaching out. He was being very supportive of all of us pursuing new heights in our careers. Did you
0: ever think that you, like, was there ever a thought that crossed your mind that you were going to go back to Wheaton or did you know absolutely that you wanted to pursue Division One and try to go somewhere else?
1: I would have loved to go back to Wheaton as far as how much I enjoyed it there. However, I had already taken a year off of school, and um, in a, the biochemistry field, a lot of times you need an advanced degree. So, if I had, if I knew I, a master's program was going to be in my future anyway, I was more inclined to get that ball rolling before I spent another year off of it. Okay. And
0: well, that's actually good that you touch on your your biochemistry major because I was going to ask you what your exact major was and what you're studying at Northeastern.
1: So I was a biochemistry major with a math minor at Wheaton. And now I'm a biotechnology master's student here at Northeastern. Okay.
0: And as a, as a graduate student at Northeastern, how are the classes comparing to at Wheaton and how are you handling that with the baseball schedule?
1: The classes themselves are honestly comparable. They're more Detailed. They're more specific. The master's program is just so much more geared to what you want to do. Like, it's more towards your career. But the biggest difference is probably just having to schedule that between all of the stuff we do for baseball. It's definitely a grind. I have a homework assignment I have to do after we do this. So, you know, the grind never stops, but you got to keep going. Yep. And what are you working
0: on specifically is there anything you're working on pitching wise right now like even even though we start the season tomorrow for those who don't know we're in greensboro north carolina playing uncg tomorrow at four maybe i don't i, I don't know when the game is What's the game? four or five i have one of those i need to be more disciplined focus on the little things and check the itinerary so that is my fault thank you for holding me accountable pat um but what are the little things that you're working on? Or it doesn't have to be anything. It could be mentally, physically,
1: whatever. What are some things that you're working on? I mean, physically, I think we all o- like we. The team's goal is that we are always going to be working and getting stronger, and then maintaining our strength throughout the season. So that will always be a priority of ours. Personally, like p- pitching wise, to be honest. I really rely on two of my pitches and it's been a goal of mine throughout the course of the year to develop my other two. So I usually go sinker slider. I've been working on a cutter and a changeup just to kind of balance out and give hitters different looks. It's really just getting a better feel for those and making those more consistent so that I can rely on them. All right. And what are you looking forward to? Like, what are you
0: looking forward to this season? It, it doesn't have to be personal, but it it can be, or it can be team-oriented or both or whatever.
1: I think this is just kind of goes in both lines. I just want to have fun. I am was blessed with the opportunity to keep playing baseball, and it's just something I really love doing. So I don't know how many more games I have in my career, but I just want to make the most of it. I mean, I would love to perform well, but I want the f- I want the team to win before, I, before my own individual performance, and I want us to have fun while we're doing it. Yeah, I think that's – I
0: really like that take because I think as college baseball players, sometimes when we get caught up in all the work we're doing or when we're tired or all the travel and all stuff like that, like we forget that we get to play baseball and we forget that we don't know how long we have to play and it can be taken away – any point just like covid showed us so just to be able to go out there and play baseball and have fun like doing the thing that we were doing since we're five years old is really really awesome to do and that's that's kind of the last baseball question so now we can have i'll try to wrap this up because i know you got all that nerd homework (laughs) but um (laughs) do you have any advice for like development especially at a d3 level we were both at a d3 level and I know we've talked a little bit, but we weren't given we, we didn't like at Babson. We didn't have a specific pitching coach and we weren't given specific training programs like we do at Nor- like we are at Northeastern. So is there any advice that you have for somebody who's at the D3 level and may not have the resources that a D1 level team has, maybe even high schooler?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple layers of that, I would say, as far as like strength and stuff like that. I think it's really, you hold that in your own hands. You can do research to figure out, like, I remember, like, during times I would, like, my freshman season, we didn't lift during the season at all, really. So I remember that I looked up what, like, Justin Verlander and Clayton Kershaw do during their in-season, and I was like... What did they do? It was just, like, lighter weight training. okay. But I was like, and Makes then sense. they did a lot of stretching. So I was like, all right, I can do stuff like that. That's and why you are so
0: mobile. Yeah,
1: but I, it's you can really control how much effort and like energy you put into making yourself better. As far as like development goes, it's probably not the guy to talk to you about that. But I would just say that like you have to enjoy it first and foremost. If it's a chore for you to work out if it's chore for you to take round balls or swing or throw you're not gonna get the most out of yourself you have to if you're enjoying it you're gonna want to do these things and that's gonna help you exponentially yep. all right well that's
0: pretty good advice last thing i got here on my note sheet is uh now that we're on the road do you have any do you have any hobbies on the road and i know right before this uh podcast you're playing a game of chess and somebody may have or may have not told me that you lost and uh do you want to talk about it and also other hobbies question
1: mark um well Uh, i'll be honest i lost three games in a row before i came here i was in a very bad mood when i walked in the door about this but as you can see we're we're better now are we though (laughs) we are um, still, stings. I mean, I still I like I like music a lot. Oh. I do play the guitar. I didn't know that.
0: I you didn't? No, I can't believe you haven't told me. So Pat's going over right now. If you can't see, he's going to use the push-up towel. He's making fun of me for doing push-ups on a towel because I didn't want my hands to get dirty. But now he's ripping push-ups. So who's the idiot now?
1: I still think we're ignoring the obvious thing that you couldn't just do push-ups on the floor like a normal person. But I want to keep my hands clean. You know, what if I brush my teeth right after?
0: I actually brushed my teeth before this, just to let you know.
1: Do you brush your teeth with your hands?
0: I mean, it <laughs> touched my damn toothbrush. <laughs> it's not the bristles. No, I also f- fucking got egg on my apple, so I had to throw that shit out. But that's besides the point. Uh, oh,
1: s- sorry.
0: You just swore. Yeah, this, is a, this podcast is explicit. I literally... Did s-
1: you know that your first episode, it was like... I said fucking No, but there was it said that it was clean and then I noticed No it didn't say clean. No, it did. And then the next time I went on it just said explicit for all of them.
0: Yeah, because I said the word the F word. Won't say it again. Excuse my French. It was just Hey yo, that could have picked up.
1: I just wanted to know that I I caught that and I thought it was a fun a funny little thing that I picked up on.
0: Oh, Griff is also one of the first people to listen to the podcast. I actually just shared it with my family today, but pat and griff gave me feedback and sure did it was pretty good feedback pat loved the intro music which is actually just the platform that i use and it's just some random shit that says like zencaster i haven't even i haven't even listened to it but it sounds good he said it sounds professional so
1: yeah can we talk about the fact that we have someone that makes their own podcast that refuses to listen to it
0: well i listen to other podcasts and i listen to the Recording so that I can edit it, but other than that, you know, I just let it flow. I want it to be what's the word? I want it to be as authentic as possible, I want it to be real you know i don't want I don't want to add all this bullshit in there. I just want it to be real, real me you know
1: oh i I respect that that's just I just find it funny sometimes yeah that's fair
0: uh on the road, if you have one place to go to one fast food place, what is it?
1: Not really a fast food guy.
0: That's good. Seed oils, don't do them. Don't eat them.
1: I mean, if I no had, bread. if I'm saying, if I had to go to quick service, I'm going with Chipotle. All right, that's
0: fair. That you could, you can get some decent options but there. But that,
1: that's really the only one that I'm gonna be.
0: Yeah, I, I got Chipotle today. I waited. Pack got mad at me because I waited. Uh, waited in line too long, or I, I don't. I wasn't in line, but he was like, well, are you gonna get in line?" It was. You had to be there
1: as like 20 other people got in line in front of you. You had to be there.
0: Um, shout out, in the front shout of out to the girl who was had the thigh tattoo and was sitting behind me. I didn't say anything to her, but shout out to her if she's listening. Also, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought about that because we were in the plane. But I wanted to talk about uh, Griff being a, a great wingman because you know he he really listens he listens to the girl problems or he's very out of the game because he has a girlfriend for how long
1: uh it'll be 5 years in just about 2 months so yeah i'm, First per- off, I'm pretty wifed up
0: that's unbelievable that's awesome i never met maya but she seems like a she's great a girl
1: she's a great gal.
0: great gal. and griff is always helping i'm not <laughs> i won't say pat cuz i don't know if he wants to be involved in this but i kind of did name drop him so i guess he's screwed either way but he's already in with it yeah, now yeah he's he's screwed but um griff has been helping definitely helping i may have blundered here and there made a few mistakes but we're going to we're not going to we're not going to worry about that cuz we can only move forward and we'll we'll see what happens going forward but We'll wrap up with the rapid fire questions so Griff can get to his homework. But, so what is your favorite book?
1: My favorite book? All right. Well, first off, I don't have much patience to read, but I'll go with the Maltese Falcon. Okay.
0: What's your favorite memory from baseball and outside of baseball? He's he's puzzled right here. I'm not going to hit pause. I'm going to let him think about it for a second.
1: Okay, well, uh, my baseball one is easy. Yeah, It's... For a team, it's when we won the regional. Yeah. Personally, I have one game that I have, like, that's holds a special spot in my heart. But... Gosh, I don't have... I mean... Uh, my first day with Maya was, is a uh, great that's experience. A, that's a
0: save right there if Maya's listening. Well, when she does listen to this but yeah i i actually struggled when i answered these to answer my outside of baseball because i was like damn i don't do anything outside of baseball it's just baseball
1: yeah that, i don't i really don't have a good answer for that it's yeah. my my life is school baseball yeah. and my yeah 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 so
0: have you ever been in flow state and can you describe it if you have and if you don't know what it is, just say, I have no clue what that is.
1: I mean, I think I have what my idea of it is. I just kind of call it, I just say I'm locked in. That's kind of what, yeah, how I think about
0: zone, it. quote unquote. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. I, yes. In that one aforementioned game, it's just like this feeling where everything's really easy. The blood is pumping, the adrenaline is in you, and it just feels like you're doing everything to your best ability without really trying. Your body's just doing it instinctively.
0: It's like you're on autopilot, almost. Exactly. Like you're just. But
1: like the autopilot is, is your best version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, it's a crazy feeling, and it's definitely something that pitchers and athletes love to get into and try to get into as much as they can, because that's when your performance is at your best, when you're having fun and just flowing. Um, what is something? This is going to be maybe a little hard, maybe a little thought provoking, but. What is something uncomfortable that you want to start doing in order to grow?
1: All right. And I actually have an answer for this one because I remember the first time I listened to your podcast, you answered these rapid fire questions for yourself. So when I was listening to it on my ride home, I was thinking about him. And the one thing that I could only, the only thing I could come up with, oh, this is so hard to say. I feel like I need to tell my parents that I love them more. All right, no, that's a because fair, I don't, fair, yeah. I don't ever say that. Yeah, we. It's, a, it's I a, think it's a. It's something that's... it's obviously known between us. It's
0: something that's known, but if you don't say it, and I do this too, because like when I'm not, when I'm leaving the house, ha- uh, yeah, I mean like it, it's something that we were talking about this the other day, like yeah, we like were in the bullpen. Like, do you tell your dad you love him? It's like, <laughs> nah. like. No, now, like we're not gonna like hug and be like sentimental, but like realistically, like we don't know how long we have. We don't, we don't know when our last day is. So if, if it's our last time, we we better say some shit. Like well, I love right. you. Right, so. and I feel
1: like at some point I have to have the emotional maturity to like overcome that like weirdness that I have and just tell them that like how much they've done for me yeah and like how much they've supported me throughout my life and i think that they deserve the satisfaction of at least hearing here
0: yeah i think i think that that's something i struggle with too it's definitely like uh y- you do feel a little bit awkward but you you like don't know how to say it without it being corn
1: you know like well 100 uh, percent, yeah, yeah so. i mean you know me i i really only like to stay happy and say my positive i don't really do feelings very well
0: yeah i i that's something i definitely definitely struggle with um but next question, what is your most valued non-material possession?
1: <laughs> my
0: relationship. Is that a, that's a non, are we going to agree that that's a non-material that's not, possession? It is it's not, not. It's not You can't, right, It's not tangible. It's not a thing. That's fair. That's a good. It's my that's rock. A, that's a great answer. Fuck. Great answer. All right. Something you often forget you're grateful for.
1: Oh, that's so awkward. This was definitely with the question where my parents were the answer. Oh, that's so tough. Well, well, well. I think crap. you could answer both
0: because y- it said, "What is something uncomfortable that you want to start doing?" And you should right. tell your parents All you love right. them more. So, and so we'll s- transfer
1: something. the parents to this question. We'll say the feelings. Working, oh. on, working on my m- emotional maturity and feelings. How right. about that? All right. And then the last question
0: is advice for your five-year-old self, and it can be life advice,
1: based whatever. Well, I, I mean, maybe not five, but I would tell him to work out earlier. That would have made life a lot easier. I mean, but, you could be a jacked five-year-old. I mean, yeah, but just keep enjoying In it. In an alternate universe. Just, It's as fun as you make it. Just enjoy it. When I was five, I would throw balls into my couch yeah and i'd have to get up stuck in the cushions for it to be a strike and it's just like fun little games like that that kind of like build your love for it and those just translate to bigger and bigger things
0: yeah i mean i, I had similar experiences for sure um i would i would throw into a pitchback when i was like five to ten years old on the farm but I, I definitely feel like those are the best days not that i don't have fun now at college baseball because this is what i've always dreamed of and wanted to be but back then like that was there's no drama there's nothing attached to it so it's easier to just play instead of have to and not that we have to worry about these things but just that sometimes you forget like what you're actually doing because when i was five i was just playing and now sometimes i'll get i'll forget what i'm what i'm here for And, and when i go back to that space and that feeling then that's when i i see myself perform at the highest level yeah so all right well, that's all I have. We have room check in about 20 minutes and Pat has sit here sitting here listening for 40. To- Sorry that that cut off real quick, but that was a great episode from Griff and we look forward to having him back on the podcast and getting Pat on the podcast as well. So thank you guys for listening.